Hello everyone, Rob Guest from Football.London and welcome back to the latest episode of Gold and Guest Talk Tottenham. It's a bit of a special one today as we preview Sunday's North London derby against Arsenal at the Emirates. It's been a bit of a hectic week again for Tottenham following the 3-0 defeat against Chelsea in the Premier League last Sunday. It was a, an, a rather eventful penalty shootout win at Molyneux during the week. Spurs going free, through 3-2 on penalties after a 2-2 draw, so now it is the first competitive North London derby of the season. As ever, I'm joined by Alistair Gold. Ali, how are you today? I'm all right, all right, yeah. I've had another bit of a telling off from Nuno in the press conference. That's that's two consecutive tellings off, but, you know, I think he's doing it with love. I don't think he's uh, trying to beat me down or anything. Um, it's, all in, it's all in good spirits, I think, uh, I think, I hope, but, yeah. No, all good. Yeah, for those of you who aren't aware, then Ali asked the question about, can Oliver Skip be a future leader? And Nuno <laughs> started with, don't ask me these things, Alistair, let things go. So, <laughs> yeah, nice follow-up from Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, he clearly <laughs> doesn't know me very well. I'm not very good at letting things go. I didn't think Oliver Skip would prove to be the controversial one. Tongi, you know, I asked about Tongi the other day. I thought, okay, okay, I kind of get it, what you're saying, let's... Because all I asked him was just to analyse his performance. That was it. And he was just kind of like, I, I got it. I got that he wants to keep that sort of stuff in-house, all that. But personally, maybe could have just said something a little bit PR about it, a little bit like, no, I thought he did well. He made a few mistakes, but he can build on that, blah, blah, blah. But no, he just, <laughs> he just, yeah, he dispensed with me like a dirty rag chucked on the floor, essentially I was. Um, and then today's one, yeah. All it was about Oliver Skippy, he gave me a really good answer about Skippy. And then I just kind of pressed a little bit more on my original question, which was, you know, could he make, do you see some leadership qualities in him? Like Jose said, could he be a future captain? And just like, you cannot ask me this. Let it go. I was like, okay. I thought it was going to kind of burst into some rendition of the Frozen song, but unfortunately not. Another movie reference, unfortunately, is probably completely lost on Guesty, but we'll get in there, people. We will. I don't know if you'll yeah. start watching Disney movies, though, will you? No, I think I'm a bit old. I think I've definitely not you seen You just Frozen. went and saw Space Jam, a new legacy at the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> what? You, you totally could watch Disney cartoons. No, I'll leave it to Space Jam. I'll wait until the next one comes out. <laughs> right. Anyway, let's, let's get back to Tottenham anyway, rather than we'll talk about movies. Obviously, you were sat in on the press conference over Zoom. How did that go? Was he saying all the right things? He was certainly saying he was certainly saying things. Um, I suppose, yeah, some of them are the right things. You know, saying this isn't just another game. This is a special game. It's you know special for the fans. It's special for us and all that, which is which is the right thing. He still obviously frustrates us a bit when he just doesn't like to talk about individuals. So. You know, someone asked about Brian Hill um, and whether, you know, he was in with a chance, which, you know, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about him when we talk about team selection, but both you and I were impressed by Brian Hill at the weekend, uh, sorry, in midweek at Wolves. And I just think there's situations like that for me where just someone needs to maybe, and I don't mean to be patronising because he's been a manager for many, many years, and if this is the style he works with, then, fair, you know, so be it. But what I'd maybe suggest is just someone has a word with him say, no, no, there's no bad side to just saying Brian Hill played well in the week. He did well, and he is one of those in contention. That's at, There's nothing wrong, no negative for that for me. It gives the player a little boost, 
And, you know, it just says competition strong. There's plenty of people going for it. But instead, unfortunately, he does this thing where he'll just say, everyone is in contention for this match. And that's it. And it's like a really short answer. And you just kind of think, I just feel like you're missing tricks. I'm sure he is praising Brian Hill behind the scenes and saying all the right things. But sometimes it's just nice to maybe hear that in the public domain. And, you know, he did the same with, it was asked about Tongi again. It wasn't me, I swear. It wasn't me this time. It was someone else. Um, they asked him about, um, I think, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was a question about Tongi. Whatever it was, it was met with once again, all the players are this and all the players are that. Even Harry Kane, it was like someone said, and this is the most um, obvious question ever for any North London derby. It's Harry Kane likes scoring in North London derbies. Does he seem particularly up for this match kind of thing? And you just think there's a chance for you just to talk about how good this striker you have is and how he likes to score against Arsenal. No, the answer was, we're all really looking forward to this match. And it's just like, there's a little bit of dies inside all of us as we're waiting to work out exactly what lines and angles to talk about from this press conference. Um, so, yeah, Nuno, he, he said some good things. Like I say, Skip answer was really good. He, he clearly is a big Oliver Skip fan. And that came across in his answer. Um, and obviously we've got Lucas back in training, which is great. That's good news. Steven Bergvine and Ryan Session are still out injured. But yeah, um, to be fair, in all, because we've obviously got another section to come, which is the, the written section, which we put out later in the evening. We've got about 21 minutes out of him, which you could either say that's a lot of Nuno or a lot of questions. It's probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Uh, as you mentioned, he was speaking about the injuries to Lucas, Stephen Bergwijn. Obviously, Lucas is back back in training. He's in contention now to play against Arsenal. Bergwijn, he was asked the time scale when he could be back, basically said, not yet. I think he explained the injury he has is very painful, so he has to settle down the pain. He's not totally stopped. He's doing some fitness, some upper body work. Uh, for now, he's not available, so... Remains to be seen when we'll see Stephen Bergwijn back. But the good news is Lucas Mora is back. Does Lucas start then on Sunday? I mean, surely there's a place up for grabs in that front three because Giovanni Celso started there the past two games. A couple of little good bits from him, but on the whole, not so much. I think he's been taken off after an hour in both games. It just, for me... That's not the best position for him. I think he needs to be in that midfield free, you know, where he can get on the ball and try dictate things because he's, uh, he's got a good eye for a pass and he can uh, pick things out. I just, I think Spurs need some pace out wide. Obviously, Son was being rested for the Wolves game, did come on later in the game. Brian Hills made a really good case for a starting spot and then obviously Lucas back. So there's definitely options for you. Does Lucas come straight back in? I think the me of probably a year ago would have said no. Um, but I think Lucas has actually come on such a lot, I think, in the last year or so. And I think for matches like this, especially we've seen him play against Arsenal in the past, I think he has to come straight back in. And that's... For me, you know, like we just said, Hill I thought was really good in midweek, and I think if Lucas wasn't fit, I probably would have gone over, uh, gone with him over Lacelso. I think Lacelso you play if you want to flood the midfield, um, you know, because he will pull back and essentially play with the other three centre backs as well if it's a four-three-three. But personally, 
I think I'd like to see him go with, you know, Son, Lucas and Kane. That's a lot of pace suddenly down the flanks. Um, if those two stick out wide as well, it means it's less of a, a cluttered midfield and it allows, you know, Deli Alley to, when Spurs are in possession, if he's playing to kind of come into the centre and come in behind um, Harry Kane, that number 10 role. I think, yeah, I'll, I'll be intrigued to see. For me, I think the the decision probably is, we'll come to in a minute, I'm sure, is, is Tongi. Um, because I think if Tongi plays or doesn't, affects a lot of what goes on around him. Um, it really has kind of repercussions on all the other positions. But yeah, in terms of just Lucas, I think uh, I think I would. It depends. He's quite a fit guy. I'd imagine that his fitness won't have dropped too much with this injury. Um, I'd imagine he'll, he'll be able to last a good hour or so. And then you've got, you know, you suddenly have options on the bench, don't you? When one of these players returns, you suddenly have Hill to come on to replace him. You've got Lacelso say to replace on Dembele if he can't make it because. A lot of these players, this is one of my questions to Nuno, you know, a lot of them will have been playing four, starting four matches in 10 days, which, you know, he's, his reply was, yeah, but I'm using the games as training sessions. They essentially are their fitness. And I get that. And I suppose it's early in the season, so maybe not too much match fatigue built up yet. But, uh, yeah, I'm intrigued to see fitness levels on Sunday. I do think it might play a little part as the game goes on. Yeah, I think he'll start Lucas. I think he'll go for the experience out there. I think Hill's probably lack of Premier League experience will work against him at this uh, in this game, especially given the magnitude of it and how important it is. But there's a potential game changer there on the substitutes bench in, in the Spaniard who can come on and make things happen. I think Spurs do need someone who can, you know, invent something in the final third just with a little bit of magic, little spark just to open things up. And I think they've got someone in Hill who can do that. I was really impressed with his performance against Wolves the other day. You know, took the game to him. Some really good uh, bits of play down the left wing. Should have scored when Deli Ali played scored. it across to him in the second half. Did well when he moved over to the right and did his bit defensively as well when he uh, got back. So really energetic, hard work and display from him. And I think we'll see a lot more of him in the future. But I just don't think starting this weekend, unfortunately. But yeah, and can I just say, crossed. for people that couldn't see the game, we probably, you and I included, might have written him off for being quite lightweight. I think I've probably even said that in the past. But the first player to put in two big sliding tackles in on Adama Traore, you know, the man machine giant that he is, was Hill. Two absolutely inch-perfect sliding tackles. Um, so, yeah, I think Lucas will come in because he can do, he's can do. he got that work rate as well. You know, I think we've spoken about this before when he played as almost like a second left-back in a game against Arsenal. I think it was at Spurs, wasn't it, during the pandemic, I think. Did Sissoko um, play the right wing that game? Yeah, it could have done. Like a a double right-back, really. Yeah, Lucas was brilliant in that game. He kind of played two positions in one game. Um, and I think just for that alone, I think I think you play him. But Hill is showing that you know I think he can become that sort of player, and he's got a lot of versatility to his game. Very creative as well. You mentioned Tongi. Is he going to start? Is it? Is four games in ten days going to be too much for him? Do you think? I'm sorry, Rob. You know you cannot ask me these questions. Just just <laughs> let it go. Just let it go. Um, Tongi. 
I think he has to. I think he has to. And I think it would be a huge statement, really, for Spurs and Tongian, for Nuno, and, and a pat on the back, essentially saying, because Poch or Mourinho, I, I'd have to have a look. I don't know Mourinho, whether in such a spell of games he would have played him, started him four in a row in 10 days. I think if they were spread out, definitely there was a period in the season when he was starting almost every game. But I think he was used from the bench in some of the middle midweek matches. So to actually start him four in a row, that's a big confidence boost, I'd hope, for Tongi over you know injuries and things like that, as if to say, look, just trust yourself. I noticed that in midweek, it was the first out of the three games where he wasn't looking across to the bench to say, take me off, I'm knackered, or take me off, I've got an injury, or some some excuse just to come off. And, you know, he's going to get flack for his involvement in the two Wolves goals. Of course he is. But I actually feel, still feel, apart from all of that, what he did, the positives outweighed that. I still feel it did. I just think he showed once again where Tottenham just look a little bit less when he doesn't play. When he comes into the team, he just gives them that kind of foundation to attack, the goal was all his goal was all about his tenacity, which is something that most people maybe wouldn't credit him with. Um, and I thought he played really well. A lot of moments where he just passes the ball quickly and forwards. And that's something that not a lot of Tottenham players do for some unknown reason. There was one pass he played from the edge of his own area, which will probably have got no focus or highlights whatsoever. But if you get a chance to have a look at it, someone did a compilation. I can't remember, I saw it on Twitter. And I remember seeing it on the actual night. He's not looking. It's a no-look pass from the edge of his own box that dissects three Wolves players and goes straight to, I think it's Harry Kane's feet. It's incredible. It's the kind of pass that most players wouldn't even dream of doing. And yes, it was probably the most risky pass in the world. But Tongi in his head was absolutely certain the ball was going exactly where he wanted. And he didn't even have to look. And for me, that's just that little bit of magic. And, you know, I'm trying to think if we've even seen him in a North London double. I think maybe he had one. Did he have one? Did he play in the home game last year? Was he, I'm sure, did he set up Son for the opener in like the opening few minutes with a Could really good right. pass? Could yeah. be right. I, I think I remember being slightly disappointed with him for some reason. I don't know. but But yeah, either way, you know, I think this is this is a big one for him if he plays. Nuno's answer about um, when I asked about the four starts in ten days, he kind of started as if he's like, "Oh, we're gonna have to be really careful," um, and it almost felt like maybe he was talking about Tongi, but then he kind of went on to the whole, you know, matches are training sessions; they need to get fitter. This is how they're going to get it. So I'm hopeful maybe Tongi will start. I just worry if if he goes for let's say a midfield that's. I don't know, um, maybe Ali, Hoybier and Lo Celso. It's just missing that little bit of magic to unlock Arsenal. It's hard working, of course it is, but I just, yeah. I don't want to see Spurs just go there and defend. I know that they've had success in just countering, but I want to see them. They've got quality players. They have, and I think they need to use them. I think that match I was just referring to was actually the Man City one at home. I think that's when Son scored really early on. Ah, I think. Right. I think. I might be wrong. I might not. Be. I <laughs> we'll look it up. We'll go, yeah, we'll go back. I'm pretty sure now it's it the go, Man City one. Let it go. <laughs> yeah, uh, for me, I, I'd start him again, but big decisions Nuno's got to make. Uh, yeah, he's got options now. Coming days. 
Yeah, because Oliver Skip played very well against Wolves. Really Holmes. good. Really, really impressed with him. I know another Tang- player who kept crunching into Troy Allray as well. Really yeah. good tackles. I know a lot of people are going to dish out plenty of praise for Tongi for his goal. But Oliver Skip, that all started from him with that big tackle on Neves, crunching yeah. 50-50. I mean, we could hear it in the press box. So yeah, I think was, yeah. you could hear it probably all around the stadium, it was like to a be honest. thunderclap, wasn't it? Both their feet kind of than the ball in the middle, yeah. Yeah, and I think there was probably a bit more pressure on Skip going into this game because he didn't have Hoybier, uh yeah. either side of him. He had Deli Ali and... Tongi, he's got two attacking players there, so yeah. the onus was on him to do the defensive work. And you know, second goal was it, him as well. Interception, yeah, he intercepted it and set them away. Yeah, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, he won that midfield battle. He, he dominated it. Some really good tackles in the game, especially that one on Traore. I think he did one later in the second half as well. So. I, th- I thought it was really unfortunate to miss out on the team against Chelsea the other day. So I don't know whether he, he comes straight back into it. I know, obviously, he wasn't playing for Tottenham last season because he was at Norwich, but uh, Jose gave him the last few minutes in the North London derby in July 2020. And then Jose said after the match that like he was desperate to give him minutes because he knew what got out of him because... Skip, he said, has uh, Spurs blood. So I don't know yes. whether Nuno will think the same and put him in. Obviously, if he does, then that's potentially got to be bad news for one of Deli Ali or Tongi. So Do you think we'll his blood is actually white and navy? Do you think it actually is? Right, it could be. It could be. That'd be incredible. <laughs> Miracle yeah. of modern science. <laughs> yeah, so big decisions to make all over the pitch. Midfield, you've got who plays in the front three with Kane and Son. Then I've done a piece for tomorrow morning on football.london about basically the defensive decisions he's going to make. We could see uh, Nuno's long-term plan, who is in his back line, because you've now got Christy Romero. Eric Dyer was rested at Molyneux. You've got the Vincent Sanchez. So two from three going to start. Then you've got... Emerson Ryle, who was rested again at Molyneux, Chibet Tanganga came back and, you know, did okay. So there's decisions to make all over the pitch. I mean, in terms of the defence, who's starting for you? It's interesting, isn't it? I, I almost asked him this question. I just I just thought, no, we've had enough questions. He's been tortured enough. But I almost asked him, like, for the first time, you've got every other than Ryan Sesson, you've got every option available to you pretty much in defence. I mean, you know, is that? I'm um, clearly it's a good thing, but also there is that little element where you start to kind of you probably um and ah over certain players. So like, yeah, Emerson Royale was completely left out in midweek, presumably to rest him after two kind of games, um, you know, coming into the team. And I don't know for me. Personally, I'd go with Tanganga at right back. I feel in a game like this, other than the whole, you know, the cliched, which is maybe true of, you know, we need a player who understands what this derby means, you know, as as you said, Jose and the Spurs blood and all this sort of stuff, as long as he doesn't get himself sent off again. Um, but, you know, I just think Jaffa just will provide that bit more of a solid base down the right as well. And he will tuck inside when they need him to, which in turn allows Regulon to bomb on down the left as well. In the middle, I'd probably, 
probably only because and we touched on this last time i'd probably go with dyer and romero um people might say but that was they were the ones who you know just got wallop three nil by chelsea together but as we said i don't think they really did too much wrong in that game i don't think they were the ones really at fault so i think with them in there with tanganga alongside them a little bit more of a solid right back um i think i think that'd be better myself and Romero, for me, seen some interesting takes on Twitter. I've seen some people this morning saying Romero hasn't been very good. I actually think he's growing and growing with each game. I actually think he's, uh, you know, we, we spoke to um, uh, Galini after the game and he was raving about him. He was saying, you know, he is perfect for the Premier League and Tottenham. And he actually called him an animal. He said he's, you know, he's an incredible player. And what he said, which was really interesting, is that, so what people have got to understand, and this seems to be a Spurs thing for some reason, that you know he's played at Atalanta in a back three, and he's used to playing as the you know in a system where you man mark and aggressively man mark people, and he's now got to get used to a back four which is more zonal. Um, and he said, he, but he will. He said he's a really really clever guy. He picks up things incredibly quickly, and you will see him very quickly shift to that. So maybe that's something we've just got to keep more of an eye out on. And, and the reason I said it's something that's a Tottenham thing, it's like, you know, they bought Matt Doherty, <laughs> who's used to a, a back three and wing back, and they play him in a back four. It seems to be a, let's take you out of a system you're really, really comfortable in and plonk you in ours. But like he says, I think from what I've seen of Romero so far, I think I think he's going to be huge for Tottenham. I do. Um, and this is a big one for him. You know, if he is an animal, I don't want him to be too too aggressive in this game and get himself sent off. Um I just, I don't know. I just, I'm sure you'll ask me what my thoughts are going to be on the game towards the end, but Spurs at the Emirates just very rarely goes well. Um, but yeah, in terms of the back four, that's what I'd go for, I think. I agree with you on the back four. I think we're both probably disappointed not to see Joe Roden start the other day against yeah, Wolves. I think that was, you'd think, given his lack of playing time in the Premier League, that the cup competitions are perfect for him because he can be someone who can become one of the long-term centre-backs at Tottenham. But the selection of Romero, I think it's clear to see that Nuno's giving him the game time at the moment to try and get him up to speed because, I mean, he's been at the club, what, just shy of two months now, something like that. In that time, it has been so stop-start for him. We've seen him playing the Europa Conference League games. He's not had much... Game time in the Premier League, apart from his start against Chelsea last Sunday. Then there was that spell out in Croatia after his uh, time in Argentina, uh, playing in their South America World Cup qualifier. So he's trying to get him up to speed now. And for me, I think yeah. Romero will will start. And I think it will be dire, especially given he was rested uh, at Wolves. Perhaps harsh on the Vincent Sanchez, who for me was... Spurs' best defender in the first month of the season. But it's just the way it goes when there's competition and uh, a number of players fighting for a spot. Nuno's got some big decisions to make, but also good decisions as well. So it's nice to have options. And that's one thing he does have in a number of positions at the moment. So, I mean, Spurs haven't had a good a good record at the Emirates, have they? I think the last win was... Coming up, what, 11 years ago now? The 3-2-1, Kabul with a header. Bale scored, didn't he, in Van der Vaart? Long, long time ago. But 
there was the League Cup win there a few years ago when Delhi scored that really good chip. I mean, Arsenal, they were bottom heading into the first international break of the season, having lost all three games. Tottenham were top of the table, but things have changed since then. Arsenal have won the last two in the Premier League against Burnley and Norwich. Beat AFC Wimbledon, as expected, in the Carabao Cup the other day. So they're going to go into it full of confidence, but it's a derby match. The form book does tend to go out the window, so it's going to be a really, really interesting battle. Will Spurs finally get a win there for the first time in 11 years in the league? What a question. (laughs) Um... All I'd say is that, as I kind of alluded to earlier, I just never expect anything from Tottenham going to this match. It's just, it's a match that has just brought pain for Tottenham fans for so long. It really has, you know, one win in 28 uh, in the league. But the weird thing about Tottenham Hotspur is that it's in the moments when you least expect them to do something, sometimes they surprise you. Um, And I think... What I'd say about it, it, the the fans being back at the Emirates could have two different kind of scenarios. You know, it could spur them on. It could uh, absolutely pump them up and Spurs might wilt in the under the pressure. It could go the other way. If Spurs, you know, start to show something about themselves, maybe get an early goal, those fans will show their frustration very, very quickly. And they will turn on an Arsenal team, which, you know, a lot of them, I get the impression aren't convinced about Arteta. They're not convinced about certain players. I know from the, I did a, a, a video, uh, a streamyard thing for um, one of our um, Arsenal kind of colleagues yesterday, and there seems to be a reluctance of they don't want Xhaka to play. Um, and you know, if if Xhaka plays and Spurs start getting on top, I think that crowd are maybe going to become slightly toxic. Um, and and that's what Spurs can maybe seize upon, but yeah, I'm not. I'm, I don't think any Spurs fan is going to rock up at the Emirates, you know, like we've got this one in the bag, lads. It's just never ever going to happen. Um, but yeah, we shall see. It's all about fitness. I don't think them being having a slightly easier on paper game in midweek helps Spurs. He's obviously able to rest a couple of players. Um, you know, he might well say that Spurs showing a bit of spirit, winning a penalty shootout, maybe that has a galvanizing effect at Tottenham. Kind of works both ways. I'd say it's definitely Spurs needed that midweek game after what happened against Chelsea, hundred percent. I think they're in a better place going into this match because of it. Um, but yeah, it's uh it's a North London derby. They're very rarely pleasant affairs. They're always uh they always make the heart race, not always in a good way. I think everyone will be definitely a bit more confident, especially after how Tottenham played on Wednesday. I mean, there were plenty of positives for me from the first yeah. half. Again, in the Chelsea game, took the game to him, won the midfield battle, played well. Perhaps not a lot of clear-cut chances, but clear-cut chances is one thing they did seem to have. On Wednesday at Molyneux, I think Nuno's made it clear they probably should have put the game to bed. Uh, really early on, given the chances they had. But for me, it's just when they go 2-0 up. 2-0 is such a, a dodgy scoreline because if the other team scores, then they're just, the momentum just swings and Wolves did get one back. And I know Wolves were really pushing on, trying to get a third, but Spurs held strong. And I think that'll stand them in good stead going into this game because... 
given what had happened in the couple of previous games, they could have easily just fallen apart and conceded and gone out of the cup, but that's not been the case. So a lot of positives, I think, going into this game. Hopefully everything will just uh, click together and hopefully we will be talking about a win when we're back on the pod on Monday. Do you I see swear this? we say that at the end of every show. Yeah, we do. We do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is this is it a must-win game for Nuno, given the past two Premier League results, or is it a must-not-lose? Maybe the latter. I, I'd yeah. hope that the majority of Spurs fans realise that Spurs rarely ever win this match. So if Spurs, you know, do draw it or they narrowly lose, that they don't lose their minds and go ridiculously like the Nuno out banners and stuff like this because very few managers have got anything. You know, Harry Redknapp was the last manager to win there in the league and that was managers ago. <laughs> that was so many back. 2000, what was that, 11 years ago. So this is not something that Spurs should be expecting to go and win. However, they've got to show something. They've got to show more than they did against Chelsea. It's got to be more than just 45 minutes. It's got to be a real, you know, if they, even if they lose, it's got to be a, okay, fair play. That was just, un, that was unfortunate. It was maybe a refereeing error decision or something. Um, but if he can get the victory, I hope the Spurs fans take it in the other way and they give him that little bit extra time and they say, you know, fair, fair play. You've made history this decade. You know, no one in the last decade has won there if he can do that. And I think that should buy him time to then properly stamp his mark on his team. And I will keep on saying it. This is not Nuno Espirito Santo Tottenham yet. Not even close to it. You know, he is trying to just, at the moment, put out a functional side to compete in matches. He hasn't really had a proper training time with this squad as a whole yet. And he hasn't made it work in his his image, as it were. Um, so, yeah, I'd say I'd say more must not lose. Yep. Right. We'll leave that there for today's latest episode of Golden Guest Talk Tottenham. It was only going to be a bit of a quick one today to preview the North London derby. But I think this is something we might be doing in the future. So we're having two yeah. podcasts during the if week. The so, want it. If the people yeah. want it, we will do it. Yeah. I think it'll be a, a good idea. So. As ever, thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to give us uh, a rating on, I think it's Apple, Apple iTunes. A good rating, please. A good one. <laughs> yeah, and a good review. That would be... Uh, don't if you want to put a bad one. It's all right. You don't have to. <laughs> so we'll leave that there for today's Tottenham uh, latest Golden Guest Tot- Tottenham. We'll be back, I think, on Monday or Tuesday to reflect on the North London derby. As ever, just keep with us at football.london for all your latest Tottenham news.